0: What's going on? Welcome back to episode 20. That's right. Episode 20 of the Cox Talks podcast. Here we are high percentile rating because I made it to 20 episodes. Will this be the last episode? It's always possible. But If this is the last episode, and I'm not saying it's going to be, but you fuck, you never know. If this is the last episode, I can at least say I had a podcast that lasted 20 fucking episodes. I am the man for bringing you 20 episodes of mindless fucking banter for you to shut your brain off twice a month for roughly an hour a day. Congratulations me on 20 episodes of the Cox Talks podcast. Having said that, as fucking sweet as I am, couldn't have done it with all you listeners out there, all you cox toxaholics, coxaholics, cockaholics, cox toxaholics. Hey, thanks for listening. You guys are the reason I do this, I always get great feedback for you. So, again, thanks for listening. Uh, Housekeeping, as per usual, you want to reach out and get a hold of me, you can find me at the Cox Talks Podcast on Instagram. You can follow along on Twitter at Trevor Dovsky. Uh, My Facebook, just look up my fucking name and look for Yvonne Drago. That's me on Facebook, or maybe, I don't know, Facebook might be a picture of Doc Holiday. I don't fucking remember. Or if you're one of the lucky ones that has my personal number, you can always reach out to me there. Again, as you all know, I love the feedback. So, today's episode, Riding Solo, again. Um, haven't? I mean, I, there's lots of people I can have on. There's lots of people I want to have on. I lack the motivation of reaching out to them. Not to mention some of the people I have reached out to. I have one fellow that I've been trying to get on the air here. Bit of a conspiracy theorist he is, but, but, listen, I like a good conspiracy every now and then, but this guy does some digging. He does some digging in the news, and he finds out some stuff that's pretty fucking cool to talk about. Him and I just haven't been able to hook up yet. Uh, conflicting schedules, so forth, so on, whatnot. But today's, today, I'm all alone, and we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about the day I broke Twitter, and we're going to talk about the pussification of country music, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is where we are going to start. The pussification of country music. What the fuck happened to country music? Country music, in my opinion, is no longer country music. It's more like country pop, okay? Okay. It's um it's soft spoken. It's got a bit of like a a party feel to it. It's it's whiny, it's bubble wrapped, it's it's just it's very soft and emotional, and fuck in some cases I'd almost say it's easy listening. And there's a guy I want to blame for this, okay? The guy I'm blaming, let's start it off the pussification of country music is none other Than Keith Urban. Now, I'll give Keith Urban credit in one spot. He married Nicole Kidman. I mean, if you're into chicks that were smoke shows in the 90s, I guess that's pretty cool. But Keith Urban started this whole fucking, let's just soften up like fucking warm butter. Let's fucking soften up country music. It's bullshit. He's not a fucking country artist, okay? He's a pop artist. Maybe an easy listening artist. And he started it off... With his long, flowing, gorgeous blonde hair. Now, I know what some of you guys are thinking. Lots of country fucking superstars had long hair. Yeah, but they had mullets. Okay. Travis Tritt, possibly the greatest country and western mullet of all time. Alan Jackson had a mullet. A lot of you may not remember. Blake Shelton started out with a mullet. Okay. That was epic. Billy Ray Cyrus? Fuck me. Like... The most popular mullet of all time, except maybe to Yarmer Yager. We could have an all mullet episode someday. But no, Keith Urban had this long, flowing, beautiful, well-manicured hair, might I add. Let's not forget the earrings that Keith Urban wears. Okay. Both ears pierced, I believe. Big hoops in his ears. You know what they say about women that wear hoopy earrings. Bigger the hoops, bigger the whore and that theory stands tried tested and true. I'm sorry for all you women out there that are listening currently with big hoopy earrings in your in your ears, but keep in mind this is my opinion, not not the world and everybody else's opinion. And I'm entitled to my opinion. His leather bracelets, Keith Urban with your fucking leather bracelets. No. Not I, I don't think leather bracelets have any fucking place in country music. Fashion, okay? Your songs. Your songs are also just like soft-spoken and slow. Like, they make me want to just make love to a lady while I listen to your songs. And that's not what country music is about. Um, it just, like... And you lie a little bit in your song. So, like, let's talk about, like, I'm gonna love you like nobody loves you. That's bullshit, okay? And, like, where the blacktop ends, gonna kick off my shoes and run and bare feet. No, you're not, Keith. You've never done that in your life, you fucking liar, okay? And, not to mention, you're born and raised in Australia. You kick off your shoes and run where the blacktop ends. The aborigines are gonna get you. Crocodile Dundee. Is live proof of that. Crocodile Dundee might get you, but Keith Urban, with just his his soft, feminine way, his soft and fem th- feminine approach to his music, started killing country music. Okay, and we're gonna go down. We're gonna go down the list here too. So, so then you get a guy like like Luke Bryan. Okay, now. Luke Bryan is so goddamn popular, drives me nuts. But his music, again, is not music. Country music. You can take some of his early stuff and it might pass for country music. But I mean, really, like... The only thing Luke Bryan really has going for him, from what I've been told, is that he is insanely good looking. Women love Luke Bryan. But again... He's very soft, okay? A lot of people may not know this, but Luke Bryan was indeed a frat boy. He is a member of Sigma Chi. He has insanely white teeth. No place for that in country music. They should be nicotine-stained and or chewing tobacco-stained, okay? That's the way I look at it. And his intensely tight, tight jeans, like... Okay, again, Dwight Yoakam, tight jeans. Different kind of tight jeans, okay? These ones are just flat-out nut-huggers. Dwight Yoakam was at least wearing Wrangler, like the 13 MWZs, as does George Strait. But they're not tight. Like, Luke Bryan gets up on stage, and he's got a great big fucking moose knuckle hanging out there. Okay, um... His insanely white teeth, his stretchy jeans. He's just not... Luke Bryan is just not grizzled enough, okay? He's too shiny to be taken seriously as a country star. Um, The one song that sticks out for him, that uh, Crash My Party by Luke Bryan, where he talks about in this, and we'll get into this in a bit too, where he talks about, you know, a girl breaks up with them, but he still loves her, and she's out, you know riding dick in other town but he's like I'll just you know whatever I'm doing baby you call me when that when that big black guy pulls out and you're not feeling so good about yourself call me you can crash my party baby I'll uncle Luke will come he'll he'll make it feel all right because I'm still in love with you you know and I always will be and it's okay that you left me to get gang banged by a bunch of Puerto Rican guys but I still love you that's just the fucking way it is because why because I'm fucking soft that's why Okay, so Luke Bryan is also, Luke Bryan is also very responsible for this. Okay, another country artist that, and this one's going to get some arguments from me, but hear me out. Jason Aldean. Okay, now listen, I like Jason Aldean. I like some of his songs. Okay, but here's my thing. Jason Aldean, I think, in my opinion, is country music's version of Nickelback. Okay, you know all the words to his songs, right? You, you tap your foot along with your songs, but there's just something about him that is unlikable. For me, it's the fucking stupid straw cowboy hats and the cut off sleeves from his fucking plaid shirts. And, and I think, I think, I'm pretty sure Jason Aldean is also a big wallet chain guy. And we all know where I stand on wallet chains. That's a fucking no-fly zone for me. No thank you. The straw hats they they definitely got to go and 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 again with the earrings Jason Aldean has fucking gold hoop earrings. There's no fucking place for earrings in country music. Travis Tritt had an earring but he rocked a fucking mullet, okay? That's acceptable. You gotta, you know what, you gotta, you gotta mix it up a little. You can't just go straight earrings and straw cowboy hats. Again, it's just not, it's just not a grizzled veteran country superstar look, okay? And, and, and these, these new artists too. Now, I guess, I guess they're a group. I guess, I guess that's what you call them. Dan and Shay. Um... I can't even know, I can't even name off any of their songs because I refuse to listen to a country band or group named Dan and Shay. What I do know is that one of them was, and I think it was Dan, was once a member of T-Pain's Nappy Boy Entertainment. Well, um, the only crossover I will allow out of, you know, anything like that is Darius Rucker because Darius Rucker used to be fucking Hootie and Hootie Hootie and the Blowfish is one of the greatest fucking bands of all time. Okay, Shay, Shay was homeschooled, which automatically makes him a weirdo. I know, I fucking, you know how many kids are homeschooled? Yeah, you know how many of them are weirdos? Minimum 92%. 92% of homeschooled kids are weirdos. Okay, you can take that to the bank. That's science. Look it up. Um, they were featured on the Bachelorette. That's soft. That's very soft. And one of them, um, I can't remember which one, one of them, actually, it might've been both of them started as an emo band. So, you know, like emo is like that cross between being a skater, being a Gothic and being a hipster. Like it's, it's somewhere in between, you know, you're wearing black nail polish, but you dye your hair lime green and more wallet chains, and definitely Vons, Vons shoes, okay, or like the, like the 27-hole Doc Martens, like they come up just below your fucking kneecap, a lot of wallet chains there too, did I say that already, and they get those earrings in their earlobes, emos like to get those earrings in their earlobes that keep stretching the fucking earlobe out until eventually you can put a dinner plate in there, yeah, you got, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Can't get behind a country artist. Pardon me. Can't get behind a country artist that used to be in a fucking emo band. Now, people are going to say, okay, Corb Lund was in a band called The Smalls when he first started. And they were a bit like uh, 90s alternative, I guess. But, but Corblund pulled out of that pretty nicely, A, and B, Corb Lund also grew up on a working cattle ranch. So that guy can pretty much do whatever he wants. And this isn't just because I tried to fight him and he would have fucking rope-started me one time. That's not what this is about. But country music today is way too soft, okay? You're giving in. These country artists on their songs, they're giving in too much to women and women's needs and desires. And listen, I'm not a fucking misogynist before you jump down my throat about that, okay? All I'm saying is that's not what country music is about, okay? Country music, okay. Let's touch on this too for a second. And this whole there's a there's a big movement right now. Well, it's not it's not it's kind of done and over with. Maybe I don't know, but but the whole bro country thing. So Jason Aldean, Luke Bryan, um, I think Eric Church is in on it. There's a list of country artists that they're they're saying bro country. All it has to include is a party, a pickup, and a fucking, and a pretty girl. Well, okay, that is relevant to country music. But that, what that is doing is they're trying to suck the younger generation into country music. Which, if you want to keep country music alive, I guess I'm, I guess I'm game with it. But, allegedly, according to Bro Country, you can't drive a a pickup truck unless it's covered in mud. And a party always has to take place in a field, i.e., a cornfield, a hayfield, a bean field, or whatever. And of course, there's the whole fucking thing of the pretty girl can't wear anything other than Daisy Dukes and a tank top. Well, listen, I'm an older guy, sort of 38, but a good-looking girl in a pair of Daisy Dukes and a crop top still gets me going. So I'm game. I'm game for that. I can take it, but. Everybody wants to pick on bro country. Well, they're, they're ruining country music. I wouldn't say so. I would say that bro country is just bringing in the younger generation. You know, the high school kids that are actually out driving around in beat up old pickup trucks and partying in fields and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, maybe, okay, bro country guys, maybe mix in a shop party. Okay. Like I know a lot of kids out there just like to go to the farm shop and sit around and drink bush lights and fuck around with power tools. Maybe somebody sing a country song about that, all right? But let's stop singing songs about, oh, fuck, she left and she took my lawnmower and I just want her back. She can sell the lawnmower as long as you come back into my life because I need you, baby. I need you, baby. Oh, I love you, baby. Come home, baby. I love you like I've never loved anyone before, baby. Make love to me, baby. No, that's not country music. Country music is... When you fucking, when, when your girl leaves and your girl walks out on you, all you got left is your dog and your truck and you go to the honky tonk and you drink your sorrows away. You drink them away until you forget her, okay? You don't get down on your hands and knees and beg her to come back. You just don't do it. You don't do it, okay? You go to jail for stuff, okay? Like in, in real country music, you go to jail for stuff, you you beat people up, okay? You you fight people. You smoke fucking cigarettes. You drink beers. You shoot the jukebox like Bubba did. Bubba shot the jukebox last night. Said say it played a sad song. It made him cry. So he shot the fucking thing. We need more country music to come back like that. We need more country music from guys that have a blue collar, hardworking past. Maybe some guys that are criminals, done some time, all right? There is some hope in uh with today's country artists. I actually made notes. So if you can hear that, that's some paper flapping around making some notes. Like, uh, who's this guy? Morgan Wallen. I was gonna pick on Morgan Wallen a little bit, but this motherfucker, this motherfucker was arrested for drunken disorderly conduct at Kid Rocks Steakhouse. Now, think about that for a second, okay? Drunken disorderly conduct, okay. Very arrestable offense. But how drunk and how disorderly do you fucking have to be to get arrested and kicked out of Kid Rock's Steakhouse? Like when I think, I've never been, but when I think of Kid Rock's Steakhouse, I think of steaks. I think of strippers. I think of cocaine. I think of wife beaters. I think of a lot of people eating ribs. A lot of people spitting on the floor. Like just a, a not very nice place. So how drunk and disorderly do you have to be to get fucking arrested at Kid Rock Steakhouse? But, back to my point. Back to the point here. Give me some country artists with some blue collar background. Guys that have worked the cow-calf operation. Like core Blund. Or like George fucking Straight. The king of country music, George Strait, also served time in the military as a as an infantryman. Okay, he was raised on a two thousand acre uh, cow calf ranch. George Strait stands up there alone under a spotlight with his thirteen M W Z Wranglers on a nice button up western shirt and a belt buckle, which you can fucking damn sure he won, and a black felt hat, and he sings about fucking. Country music stuff. He Amarillo by morning, he talks about being an old rodeo cowboy. And all he's got left is a fucking clothes in his bag. And how he's going to be late late for the perf. And just, you know, fucking country shit. Now, listen. He's got some love songs too. But his love songs have got an edge to him. It's like, I love you, but don't fuck around on me. Okay? Or you can get the F out. Okay? Um, Hank Williams. Maybe the original country music superstar. This guy suffered from addiction to morphine, booze, and painkillers because of the severe back pain that he endured throughout his life. Again, demons. Substance abuse. Listen, I'm not condoning substance abuse. I feel sorry for people that suffer from substance abuse. Anybody that is suffering or going through substance abuse, I am not a social worker, but you can always reach out to talk to me. But this guy was singing about shit he knew stuff about. Okay? Merle Haggard. Merle Haggard fucking did time in San Quentin, which is odd because this most famous San Quentin song is by Johnny Cash, but Merle Haggard was the one that actually did time. Hard time in San Quentin. Joe Diffie. Joe Diffie was a goddamn failed athlete who went to work in the oil fields driving truck and pumping fucking concrete. Joe Diffie and Sammy Kershaw, who also suffered from drug and alcohol problems, again, demons, some of the greatest country artists of the 90s, the 90s, in my opinion, country's golden era, demons, Blue Collar fucking Demons. These guys sang about shit. They knew what they were talking about. Clint Black. He grew up in Katy, Texas. Okay. He was a construction worker. Fuck. Blue Collar. And and one of my favorites, possibly this guy's greatest hits album, in my opinion, is the greatest country and western album of all time, Charlie Major. Okay, Charlie Major is legally blind in one eye. Charlie Major is Canadian. Charlie Major has several fucking DUIs. Not condoning DUIs, I'm just saying. Charlie Major has several DUIs. Wrote a song about a buddy, a man getting killed drunk driving, writes a song about it, and then gets fucking arrested for drunk driving. Come on, that's legendary fucking shit right there. Give me give me some guys that have seen some shit, that have been through some shit, that have lived some shit, that have battled fucking demons, and they sing about it. This is the shit they're writing and singing songs about. Give me some of these guys. Get them back into country music. Let's toughen country music up again, because I can't even listen to... The local radio station around here, KX96, can't listen to it anymore. It's too soft. It's easy listening. Should be listening to it at the fucking dentist's office. I turn it off. Uh, There's a country station out of Barrie. They're a little better, not so much. But this is how I got into podcasts. Couldn't fucking stand listening to country music anymore. Wanted to stick my head through the tractor window. I couldn't take it. It's too soft. Let's get back to real men, real songs about drinking, loving, fighting, and working. Let's make country music great again. Moving on. <laughs> I believe it was last episode I admitted that I am quite possibly addicted to Twitter. I love it. It's it's entertaining. There's a small group of people um that I converse with on a hourly, daily, weekly basis. There's people that I converse with on a monthly, yearly basis. There's people that I never converse with. But the other day, I sent out a tweet, and holy fuck, did I set the world on fire! I broke Twitter. That's how fucking good I am. I broke Twitter. So the everything going on in the world today, inflation—let's just say inflation, the price of groceries, the price of vehicles, the price of everyday living expenses, the price of gasoline. Okay, it's a, it's, it's an issue. It is, a, it is a serious issue. It is crippling some people out there. I'm well aware of this. I'm well aware that people's lives and making ends meet is becoming a serious issue because of the prices of things. Okay. Here's what I did. I sent out a tweet and I quote, can we stop with the, it cost me X amount of dollars to fill my truck or car with fuel? If you can afford to buy an $85,000 truck with a lift kit and rims, you can damn well afford to put fuel in it. That's it. That's the tweet. That's what I sent out. Okay. What I meant by that tweet was, and maybe I could have worded it better, but fuck, you only get 140 characters. And I was a little fucking worked up. Okay. So I sent out that tweet. And what I meant by the tweet was exactly what I put in the bottom of the fucking tweet. Which was essentially if you're going to choose luxury over necessity, you're not allowed to complain about fuel prices. To elaborate on that, what I saw what, that triggered me was some fucking D bag. I don't know where he was from. I should have screenshotted the tweet, but I didn't. Some guy just posted a picture of his 2022 Ford F-350 fucking one-ton truck. Pimped out, you know, grill guard, rims, fucking sun visor, sunroof, all this fucking shit. And his tweet was, just took delivery on this beauty. Now, if I could only afford to put the fuel in it. Well, you stupid prick. Obviously, you can afford to put the fucking fuel in it. It's the same. And I've seen them out there. And you know they're out there. I've seen them out there, the pictures of guys fucking, you know, they got a $90,000 truck, they've got $75,000 worth of sleds on a $30,000 trailer, which they're loading up to travel hundreds of miles for the weekend to go and play, and they take a picture and they complain about fuel prices. Okay, well, newsflash, you don't need to go hundreds of miles to snowmobile. You don't even need to fucking snowmobile. You definitely probably don't need that truck. You definitely probably don't need a new snowmobile. Okay. You are allowed to stay home and you are allowed to live within your means. But if you're not going to, I don't feel sorry for you. If you're going to complain about fuel prices, that was the point of the tweet. Period. I got absolutely fucking attacked I had upwards of 200 replies shunning me, crucifying me, calling me every fucking name under the the book for my lack of empathy for the single mother, my lack of empathy for the guy that isn't driving an $85,000 truck, the guy that's driving a 92 Ford Ranger. Fuel prices are exactly the same for him. Yeah, no shit. I never said fuel prices weren't bad. I never said fuel prices weren't fucking crippling, but the thing of it is, is number one, a lot of people failed to read the entire tweet, so I learned, and a lot of people only saw the trigger words. When I said, stop complaining, well, I didn't say complain, but stop with the, it cost me X amount of dollars to fill my car truck with fuel. I get it. It's expensive. I got, I got fucking slaughtered. Now I did the tweet did I'm just looking at the tweet activity here actually. The tweet reached 252,000 people. <laughs> 252,000 people. Um there was 88,305 engagements on the tweet. Um really that's that's all that matters. So it reached a large audience, okay? It really did. But like I say, the 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 personal attacks that I got The assumptions that got made about me, the people that were going to lecture me and tune me in, it was fucking laughable, people. The reading and comprehension is definitely not the world's greatest fucking trait right now. So many people felt personally attacked. I did get 160 likes, so that means 160, or sorry, I got 860 likes on the tweet, which means 860 people actually fucking agreed with me. So I'll, I'll take that. I'm okay with that. Some people that know me understood the tweet and maybe didn't react to it at all because they know me. They know what I was saying right off the bat, but I actually screenshotted some of the replies and we're going to get into those uh, right now. There was this girl. This girl, her name's Maddie. She's from California. She actually quoted my tweet. And she said... This Maddie girl condemned me. She said, I think this is the most idiotic tweet I've ever seen. People are referring to the fuel prices doubling. A little green with envy, are you? Shut the fuck up, Maddie. Because I scrolled through your fucking Twitter feed. And all I could find was pictures of you... Ripping around the fucking country in your Dodge 2500 with beautiful rims on it, might I add. Pulling a horse trailer to all your fucking rodeos. Okay? You're from California. You should know better. You guys are so fucking restricted down there. I can't believe you drive anything other than a Prius. All right? Maddie, thanks for coming out though. All right? Some of the other tweets I got here. This one was good. This was one of my favorites. So, some guy, um, At Farmer Whiskey, he replied with, so is fuel cheaper if your truck doesn't cost $85,000? And very sarcastically, might I add, I replied with, yes. And he said, oh, so they see you roll up in a brand new pickup truck. They jack the price up. But if you roll up with an old beater with a 120 liter tank, they say they have you. Hey, buddy, have it for half price. You deserve it. And I responded with, yes, that's exactly how it works. Holy fuck. Like, who in the fucking world would be that dumb? I was 1,007% fucking sarcastic with that guy, but people actually believed that that's how I thought it worked. Like, people actually thought I was going out to buy old beaters just to get my gas cheaper. I'm not a fucking idiot. I know it doesn't fucking work that way, but it, it was amazing how many people bought that that's the fucking way I actually thought. I I I was blown away by how fucking dumb some of those some of those people were. Uh, another good one here uh, came from from Duff. His name's Duff on Twitter. Trevor, I see you're a farmer, so you're rich then, because every farmer is rich. Many are millionaires. Are you a millionaire also, Trevor? It must be nice to be rich. Do you see what I did there? I painted you with a brush, like you painted everyone that owns a truck. And then some fucking wiener, Brandon, the government even subsidizes the fuel he puts in his tractors so he can profit by polluting the land. What a clown. Okay, so um, I pollute the land, first of all, I guess, because I'm a farmer. Farmers pollute the land. So Brandon, I'm just like, I'm curious, like, where do you get your nutrition from the fucking air? You just walk around goblin air. I bet you I know what you walk around gobbling up on, you fucking weirdo. And also, Brandon, it's not so much as a subsidy as it is they remove the road tax from colored fuel because it doesn't get used on the road, you fucking donkey. In some provinces, you can put colored fuel in your recreational vehicles, your, your ATVs, your side-by-sides, your snowmobiles, Not to mention construction equipment, Brandon. The construction equipment that, you know, probably built the fucking condo that you live in in downtown Toronto somewhere. And I I just contradicted something I'm going to fucking say later on. But I don't give a fuck because it's my show. And what I mean by that is Rusty Stephanson. Where the fuck's Rusty? Rusty, I screenshotted your picture here somewhere. Rusty Stephanson from Saskatchewan said, The arrogance, cluelessness, and entitlement of Trevor is jaw-dropping. Be a farmer. Pay tens of thousands getting crops in the ground, and we have no guarantee that there will be anything to harvest. May the farmers only have bumper crops this year. Okay, Rusty. Um, he, Rusty actually further went on, and I see that some of his... uh. Sorry, Rusty also went on to tell me that I uh, present myself as an ethical warrior, that I have the right to judge others by the vehicle that they drive. And he told me that I'm entitled. And he went on to lecture me again about um, how 4x4 trucks are used to get groceries and go to the hospital and, and doctor's appointments and things like that in rural Western Canada, And um, then he stated that I take for granted all the amenities that I have access to in the city. Rural life is one of solitude and doing without. Well, Rusty, you want to bash me for making fucking assumptions, you dickweed? You made an assumption when you failed to check out my profile of my Twitter handle. And I nicely pointed out to him that he was a dick And that if he'd have taken the time to read my profile, he would see, I am indeed a farmer. So I do understand what farmers are going through with the rising fuel prices. Another guy here. Another guy here from Western Canada, Saskatoon again, Terry Akister, Dick Licker. Cocksmoker, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce that last name. He, he said, ignore Trevor. He's a quote farmer unquote from Ontario, which means he has a ten-acre garden. Does not have a clue. Well, fucking big tear. Terry, how are you today, there, Terry? I kind of actually took this one a little bit personal, and usually I don't let these things on Twitter fucking get to me, but. I responded with, speaking of clueless, are you saying that Ontario farmers are inferior to Western Canadian farmers because our average farm is smaller in acres? Please, Terry, big tear, please clarify how many acres you need to be a real farmer. Well, big Terry here. That was a pretty fucking clueless statement, actually, because the price of land here in Ontario is probably close to triple what it is in Saskatchewan. So, if you want to talk about a land basis, although my land may be, uh, my farm may be smaller in acres, it's actually worth more money, okay? So, I'm not, and listen, that's not me trying to be arrogant, that's just, that's a fucking cold hard fact, that's what it is. But his cluelessness on that, and you know, I thought it was only politicians that tried to drive the wedge in between East and West, but... Apparently, it does turn out there's guys out there like Terry, probably got a couple knuckle tattoos and white frame sunglasses, you fucking dummy, that, you know, they want to jump in on the party too. And the other thing that I loved about all this was all the people that called me a libtard said, I love the liberals because I said, stop complaining about fuel prices. Well, again, read the whole fucking tweet. Understand the tweet. Understand reading and comprehension, okay? Understand the context of the tweet, Also understand that not everything on Twitter is a personal attack at you, okay? You can scroll by my tweet. You can stop and read my tweet. You even have the option of not fucking replying to my tweet. You don't like it? Scroll by, okay? Twitter is a place to voice your opinion, right or wrong. I use Twitter as a tool. I also like to voice my opinion. I also like on days like today, to get content for this stupid fucking podcast from Twitter. But I don't have to engage. If I see a tweet that I don't like, if I see a tweet that I don't like or maybe I don't agree with, I mean, you, nine out of ten times I I cruise by, sometimes I'll just, you know, give my opinion and I'll move on, okay? Or sometimes I'll just be a dick, and just troll some fucking people. One guy, I got into a conversation with him. He actually turned out to be a really good guy. He made a comment about Puddin' Pop. And I called him a Bill Cosby fan. And we laughed and we talked about it. I did get some DMs from people saying, Hey, I misunderstood your tweet. Sorry for being a dick. I reached out to some people and explained what I meant to them, um, about the tweet. Had great conversation with people. But the people that tried to attack me... Call me a liberal, call me dumb, call me clueless, whatever. The minute I responded to them and and tuned them in, for lack of a better term, radio fucking silence. Imagine that. But yeah, the, um, the big push to call me a liberal too. I hate the liberals. I hate Justin Trudeau. Everybody does. And if you don't, here's the thing too. A lot of the fucking people that fucking ripped on me are probably people that voted fucking liberal in the last election. Figure it out. That's the other thing. If you voted for Justin Trudeau and the liberals in the last election, this is also a new rule put forth by the Cox Talks podcast. You're not allowed to fucking complain about the price of inflation. Oh, well, it's not the government's fault. Yes, it is. Everything is the government's fault. The reason I'm 40 pounds overweight, government's fault. It's the way it fucking goes in this world, okay? If you're a liberal, if you voted Justin Trudeau in, you're not allowed to fucking complain about gas prices either. Anyways, back to the tweet in no way, shape or form was I trying to, you know, not have empathy for the working class, poor, poor people. I'll use that term. I I don't know what the proper term is. Is everybody so politically correct? I do have empathy for the single mother driving a 95 caravan that decides, does she put gas in her vehicle or does she put food on her table? Something else I saw, and I'm going to catch some fucking heat for this. Everybody came at me with the single mom thing, okay? The single mom, and the single mom with four kids, the single mom, the single mom. What about the single mom that works for minimum wage, blah, blah, blah. What about the fucking single dads out there, eh? I got a buddy, single dad, three fucking young boys at home. He's making ends meet. He's finding ways to do it. How come there's no love for the single dads out there? Let's hear some more love for the single dads. Single moms got it tough, so do fucking single dads, all right? So fuck you, all you that came at me with the fucking, yeah, the single mom. Don't be so fucking, don't be so whatever it is you call it that no fucking empathy for single dads, how about that? But the sheer entertainment of watching people's fucking heads explode over a mindless, harmless, uh, sarcastic? Would you call it sarcastic, or would you would you would you call it satire? I don't know. I don't know the difference because I'm not smart. Just look on Twitter; everybody will tell you how I'm not smart. It, like people. Oh my god! The way people came unglued, the way people felt personally attacked was it was so entertaining. And it this went on for 48 hours. People were blowing up my Twitter for 48 hours, personally attacking me, and that's. That's the great part of it was the people that felt personally attacked and whose feelings I hurt by quote unquote, personally attacking them. They then came forward and personally attacked me, calling me dumb, making assumptions on my political views, telling me I'm clueless. I'm a hick. I'm a redneck farmer. I don't understand business. I don't understand ethics. That was another great big long fucking spiel. Fuck you. Fuck all of you that replied to me, okay, and tried to belittle me and whatever. Number one, I don't fucking care. Number two, fuck you just because fuck you, all right? God, you ever want to cause some fucking shit? Like, that that whole fuel thing was easier than trolling Leaf fans on Twitter. And Leaf fans are in a world of hurt with that shitty goaltending they're going through right now. Suck on that again. Leaves fans, enjoy the trade deadline, emptying your cupboards of prospects so you can get a goalie to carry you through six games of the first round. That should be well worth it. Happens every springtime. You know it. Anyways, so this this episode has been one long fucking rant. There's going to be no beer review today. I feel like um, the beer reviews, they're, they're, we're still capable of doing them. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of them are starting to cross over now. There's a lot of crossover going on, like export. Wilson export crosses over with Carling. Pretty good. Okay. There's no beer review today, but back to the tweet just for a quick second. Much like country music, like when did we get so soft as a fucking society that the littlest thing fucking triggers us all? Where did the art of just minding your own fucking business go? Where did the art of, if you disagree with something, just saying, yeah, fuck, I disagree with that, but whatever. Because you're allowed to. You're fucking allowed to. You're allowed to carry on with your day and not respond to people whatsoever. Actually, I just. When did we get so soft, triggered, irritable, and correct? See, that's the other thing that irritates me. Everybody's correct. Like, like, I have an opinion on the Toronto Maple Leafs. My friends have a different opinion on the Toronto Maple Leafs, and guess what? We're still friends. We still talk. Okay, but you go downtown Toronto to some schmuck that's never strapped to. set of fucking Bowers on his feet in his life and never played the game and you tell him the Leafs suck, he might pull out a fucking knife and shank you because you're 100% wrong. You're wrong because they know hockey way better than I do. Fucking get a grip. We need to just be more, we need to settle down as a society. We need to relax and maybe, maybe we just need to mind our own fucking business. Now, is that contradictory of me to say so after I called people out that you know, choosing luxury over necessity a little bit, but again, Twitter is a place to voice my opinion. I'm allowed to do that. That's why I have Twitter. Okay. I wasn't racist. I wasn't sexist. I wasn't any of that fucking shit. I just had an opinion on people that are fucking dumb and spend, are spending their money right now on luxury over necessity. Now, Everyone's going to think, uh, Coxie, don't you have a fucking c Well, you're pretty privileged. Yeah, I am. You know why? You know why I'm privileged to have a CDU? Because I put my fucking head down and I go to work every day and I make an honest fucking living. So I'm allowed to call people out that maybe sit on their fucking ass collecting serb to get by them complaining about not being able to make ends meet go and get a fucking job there's lots of jobs out there there is a labor shortage right now because too many of you are sitting at home collecting CERB or unemployment or whatever it is and still complaining that you make ends meet I don't complain about fuel prices because I shouldn't I am I'm not well off, but I live comfortably because I get up and go to fucking work every day. Solving the fuel price problem, solving the price of groceries, solving this, solving that, getting on Twitter, Facebook, social media, whatever it is, and waving your fist, fighting the good fight over social media, that's not going to fix the problem. You know know how you want to live more comfortably? You know how you want to pay to put the gas in your car? Go to fucking work, get a fucking job. Stop being above serving fucking coffee at Tim Hortons because it's only minimum wage work. Better than collecting welfare in my opinion. That's the other fucking thing too. All these people screaming at me complaining that that I complained about the price of gas as they fucking sit in the Starbucks uh, parking lot with a $12 coffee reading my tweet and getting pissed off because I don't have empathy for people complaining about fuel prices. Well, you drink your $12 fucking coffee. The fact is, for some families out there, this has been a problem for years. Whether they're new Canadians, whether they're, they're, they're generational Canadians that maybe just are poor okay I'll say it they can't afford their own house they can't afford to put food on the table they can't afford to put gas in their car they've been fighting this battle for fucking years but now now the upper middle class it's affecting their pocketbooks because Becky with her $80,000 fucking Escalade drinking her $12 Vanta freshy Capioca fucking soy milk Supreme from Starbucks now it's costing her more money so now it's a problem so she's gonna wave her fist she's gonna wave her husband's credit card in the air crying blue murder Well, people have been suffering like this for a long time welcome to the real world fucking deal with it find a way to make it work like the fucking rest of us have furthermore now that i'm all fucking pissed off okay i'm gonna give myself a fucking hero cookie usually the hero cookie is reserved for some fucking loser idiot asshole complaining about whatever I'm giving myself the hero cookie for a legit reason because I made so many fucking Karens, so many fucking liberals, so many out-of-touch people out there. I made their fucking heads explode with one fucking tweet. I'm getting the hero cookie myself. I'm going to enjoy it. I sat there and defended myself against the onslaught of death threat. One guy even brought my mama into the conversation. His response to my tweet was, ask me how much costs me to fill your mother up. <laughs> I simply responded with, hey man, that thing your mother does with her tongue ring, that's legit. And of course, radio fucking silence. So I defended myself against all those people. Some of you came to my aid. Some of you came to my aid. And for that, I thank you. Some of you called out, helped me call out some of those people. And I thank you. I'll share a foxhole with you people every day. But I stood I stood my ground. A lot of people would go and fucking delete their tweet. Okay, because they wouldn't want to put up with the bullshit. I went right at some people fucking head on. I couldn't do it all because I'd still be fucking tweeting them. But I'm giving myself the hero cookie. I'm the hero for making people's heads explode. <laughs> now, finally, to close out the 20th episode of the Cox Talks podcast, I'm going to settle myself down a little bit here. That was a pretty ranty episode, but fuck it. That's the way it's going to be. A uh, little bit, I'm going to get a little bit shameless here. So if you are somebody that listens to this podcast on a regular episode, maybe you have your own clothing line. Maybe you build, produce, fabricate, or design something out there. Come at me with your products. Send them to me. Get a hold of me on social media or whatever. Send me your products. I will test them out, and I will start giving them reviews. Long story short, I want free shit. I'm bringing you quality content. I want some free shit in return. If you got something that... Uh, that you want a shameless plug on the podcast? Send it to me. Send it my way. I'll try it out. I'll wear it. I'll do whatever. And uh, yeah, well, uh, I, yeah, I want some free shit. All right. So if you're one of those people out there, get at me. And oh, oh, yeah, once again, thanks to my sponsors as always. Thanks to the sponsors of the Cox Talks podcast. This has been a milestone episode. I hit episode 20. I'm happy for myself. I'm allowed to be. I hope you folks are happy too. Remember, don't forget... Always come at me with any feedback you got out there. I love the feedback, good or bad. I got thick skin. I can take it. Come at me with the feedback. Um, Episode 20, out the door. Thanks for listening. And remember, always remember, tell your fucking friends about the Cox Talks podcast. Tell your fucking friends. Thanks for listening.